You're listening to the Talking True Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Parabolos. Your podcast for all the up-to-date coverage of the NBA playoffs. Follow us on our social media at Talking True Hoops to keep up with all the postseason news. Now, here's Rob and Nick. All right, what is up? Listeners, you are back for another episode of the Talking True Hoops podcast, episode number 34, here with Robert Schlatter and Nick Parabolos. Nick, we are two games into the NBA Finals. Golden State Warriors are up 2-0. Was kind of thought of to happen before the series started. It was looked to be that Golden State would take over, but game one was very controversial. A lot of stuff happened at the end of that game, Nick. It was pretty wild, even though it yeah, was... Yeah, it was an entertaining game, surprisingly. Yeah, even though it wasn't really supposed to be... It was supposed to... Everyone, it was thought to be, especially in the first games in Golden State, it was supposed to be one-sided. And uh, our old buddy, J.R. Smith, making some... Uh, a pretty big mistake, we'll say. Going out there... And in the final uh, five or five or six seconds, I believe, George Hill is at the line, tied at 107. George Hill misses the free throw. Everyone has to also look to see that George Hill missed the yeah, free throw. Yeah, he needs some recognition for missing that free throw as well. Yeah. off Yeah, so he misses the free throw. JR gets the rebound. Mind you, he was very close to to the basket where he got the offensive rebound. I believe Draymond Green was the only person in the vicinity of where he could go to the basket. And JR, being JR, decides to bring it out to the to the perimeter with his back to the basket nonetheless, not looking to shoot, doesn't realize the score. LeBron is looking at him with just in awe and, and just shock. Like what are you doing? He then realizes, oh crap. I was not aware of that. He has his, you know, his his moment of just an epiphany of, oh my God, I, I didn't know we were tied. And then he passes it off to George Hill. George Hill then gets his shot blocked by, I think, Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. I don't know whoever was guarding him. Time expires. Ends up going to overtime. Golden State didn't look back. Absolutely annihilated them in the overtime period. And... There's a lot to cover pretty much in this endgame, but that is the huge thing that was taken away or the huge moment in the game that most people will remember. There is also, of course, what um, both me and you, when we talked prior to recording the podcast, we believe that LeBron James was called for a blocking foul that should not have been a blocking foul, and it was indeed a charge. People like that I've spoken to just you know in conversations were saying, oh, well, he kind of leaned over to the left. He wasn't really in a charge position. It's not true. That's impossible. I believe that to be BS, even though I'm the one of the biggest LeBron James uh, haters out there. I think that that was clearly a charge, and, yeah, and it, it was a huge momentum shift, especially because... Um, I believe the Cavs were up two at that point. Am I mistaken? You're correct. And then Durant shot the two free throws, tied it up. Tied it up, and then the momentum shifts to Golden State. And obviously they didn't really turn back until it happened that JR and George Hill went to the free throw line and then JR had his brain fart. Uh, oh, my goodness. Couldn't have asked really for the. This is just a. I think it's it's probably the best game we're gonna get out of the NBA Finals. And then of course in the second game, Golden State 
you know, allowed allowed the Cavaliers to hold, uh, to hang around around ten points. Uh, you know, little single digit action there, but in for the most part, watching the game, you're like Golden State's in control. So they're up 2-0, heading back to Cleveland yeah. on Wednesday. I mean, what are your impressions of the of the series so far? How how do you think that game one worked out for him? <laughs> so so game one, Steph Curry in his post game conference said that you know game ones are probably the most difficult for teams to feel out to see what they have to do to win. So if that was the game for you know Cleveland to steal on the road, that would have probably been it. I mean, I in my opinion, I'm pulling. I said in the previous podcast that I think the Warriors are going to win five because, you know, it's obviously tilted with star power on one side and opposed to the other. But, you know, for, for, for the NBA to have referees who, who just dictate the game, the game flow and decisions for a team to win is, is honestly very, very shocking to me, especially a league where they're very lenient in how they, how they call games. So for a ref to make a quick, quick call, I mean, in any other situation, I don't think there's enough inclusive, you know, evidence to overturn that charge call. LeBron James' feet were clearly out of the restricted area, and you're allowed to move your upper body to brace the impact and take the charge. But you know, he, his feet were set. So in my opinion, that was a charge. I think, and the call on on the court was a charge. I don't think that you know you could change that. I don't know um, why the hell they reviewed it. You can't go. Yeah. The only way. The that, only call in the NBA that's allowed to change is that. And that's insane that they had to pull it out in the NBA finals. Well, I don't. I didn't even remember that being. A, this is, they They didn't even. I, I think it may have been Mark Jackson or someone on the ESPN coverage talking about it. That this is the biggest game of the year. And they. I haven't seen them ever do it, it in a regular season. I think it was Van Gundy. It's going back Gundy. And, and, and reviewing this kind of play. And, you know, it. how could you – the only way that I see them being able to definitively make a change in the call was if LeBron was clearly behind the restricted area and he wasn't. He was a good two feet um, outside of the area. So clearly it was a charge on Kevin Durant. And I, you know, I'm just rooting for Golden State. Because I'm not a big Cleveland fan, I don't like LeBron James, but I'm just as a basketball fan and just you know knowing the rules of the game and the rules of what happens in this NBA in the NBA, you you're like that's just such a bad call and well, and you got to think the referees something's going on. Maybe one of them's got to got to please their bookie or you know I don't know shift the shift the lead to the Golden State because I don't know how else to explain how that's able to to be changed. Yeah, Rob. I completely agree with you. There's also two other incidents where I could I could name like off the top of my head in game one where the referees were, were absolutely terrible. LeBron James got hit in the face. There was no flagrant one call on Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Just because they gave him a technical doesn't mean there has to be a flagrant. I mean, in today's NBA, anything above the neck area into the face is a flagrant. So keep it consistent in the in, you know especially in the finals and get it get the right call. You know what I mean? Another call that I would say definitely um, you know was shocking to me was when. Durant went to the lane and LeBron James had a clean strip and they called the foul. And then when LeBron James went down on the other end, on the other end and he got stripped and there was no foul call, but it, it was more contact than the last side. Like I want to see some consistency in the NBA and their, their officiating. It's absolutely insane to me. And so, so my take, you know, LeBron James, that first game as if I could put it in, in the best words was, was poetic. 
you know, it was like a story, and he was he was writing it as fifty-one it points, just yeah, unbelievable. And forget about the points, with like the assist and his presence, or what he needed when he needed a shot, he got it. It was it was beautiful. B e a beautiful. I think the story too. If uh, if obviously Cleveland held on and Jr. wasn't dumb and shot the ball at the end of the um, end of regulation, and if they had rever- and kept the kept the charge call what it was, what it should have been, I think that the story would have really been Kevin Durant in Game One. Even though he had he had twenty six, I you kind of, when I was watching the game and using the eye test, you know we like to use the eye test on the Talking Troops podcast and not these statistics. You know, even though he had twenty six points, you could see when he was going up against LeBron James, he wasn't really matching up one on one with him. It was really typically yeah. him playing against um, or matching up against. I saw him on Thompson a little bit. Um, uh, Clay was guarding LeBron, it seemed like, but I could see that Kevin Durant wasn't really being as assertive as he should be, and he was kind of he he had a twenty he had twenty six points, but it wasn't the kind of dominant game that I was looking for from Kevin Durant. And I think the story would have been after the game, especially if Cleveland won, if oh Kevin Durant should have been should have done more stepping up against LeBron James. He's he's the one that's being compared to the King. He should be he's the one that went to Golden State. And I think that would have been the storyline coming off. Of course, if they lost, but we all know how it ended, and Golden State pulled off with the victory. So from here, heading back to Cleveland, I think that Cleveland could possibly get one game just if LeBron can muster up the the greatness that he has left from this postseason and able to will his team to a victory. Maybe gets a another fifty point game, but I mean it may just be yeah, a sweep. Right. It all depends on if the Warriors want to celebrate on the road in Cleveland or if they want to celebrate in the Bay. Yeah, Rob. Uh, yeah, back to game two. I think that you know Jeff Van Gundy also made a great point that um, you know LeBron James went for when he they had that full court pass and LeBron James clearly got tripped up and there was a no call and then Tyloo got a quick technical that was that was insane to me. So, yeah, that, you know, was, that was away, ridiculous. That right? was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest takeaway and then Draymond didn't get a technical when he was yelling at the ref. You know what I mean? So it's like such a double standard in the NBA nowadays. Like. I think they got to clean up. The players' association needs to get get something. They got to talk about how the refs need to officiate games in the you know in the collective bargaining agreement. The next one in 2020, but you know it's, it's insane to me how you know we're at the, we're at the pinnacle of the NBA season, the finals. This is what people have been waiting for all year, and the referees have to dictate the game. It's it's you know that's crazy. As for you know the series MVP, clearly if. You know, I would say LeBron James, but I doubt it. So well, they'll, you know, they'll never Curry. give it. To, yeah, they'll never give yeah, it to the loser. Steph Curry, Steph Curry will probably get that elusive uh, Finals MVP that he's coveted after you know not getting it in the last two. Only only thing left, pretty much, to get on the resume. It seems like he had 29 in Game One and an yep. amazing 33 in Game Two. Uh, just the just yeah, just looked like he was toying out there with the rest of the Cavs backcourt. Um, yeah, I agree. I think Steph should be the MVP. Uh, close second, I'd probably say, is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had, obviously, I mentioned he had 26 in uh, Game 1, and he also had uh, 26 in Game 2, so he's a... I don't know. Thompson's been balling out. Clay has been balling out. Let's see. I've, yeah. I don't know his exact box score. Game 2, he had 20, and Game 1, he had 24, so he's he's pretty... You know, you got to... 
the way it goes with the Warriors, you just look up and down the roster, especially with those with the big four-headed uh, monster and the Hampton Five, and they've they've been out, they've been without the Hampton Five. Andre Iguodala hasn't been playing in these first two games. I bet he would be matching up a lot with LeBron, especially because they have a kind oh, of a yeah. similar body type and similar play style although LeBron is obviously on a much higher level than Iguodala but he hasn't been there I there's reports out that he will possibly return for game three on Wednesday I mean if he wants to get a get a little numbers in the box score and get a little little playing time in the NBA finals I mean or he could just just wait for the celebration it seems like I mean, however he wants to, however he wants to do it, take it, so take some more time off for next year and get prepared for a possible three peat for Warriors. I don't know how he's going to do it. Yeah, well, you know, um, that's that's the bottom line. I mean, if he wants to come back, he can't. Well, I mean, what is he dealing with? A hamstring injury? Yeah, I believe it's a hamstring. Yeah, injury. yeah. I mean, those are difficult because you saw with Chris Paul, he couldn't. Yeah, you know, as much as he wanted to be out there, he couldn't. So it's it's you know it's a tough injury to deal with. We'll see what he can do, but I'm sure he'll play defense on LeBron if he's healthy. As for the series, hopefully you know Cleveland gets one, just so it's not a sweep, so it's a little cute. But uh, yeah, that's that's basically the NBA Finals at this point. Just the Warriors domination. Hopefully you know off season comes it tilts dominance towards another team. We'll have to see LeBron. LeBron is. Um, I I also want to make a point that. I think that this postseason and this NBA Finals is even more of an eye-opener for LeBron to be like, I I got to get out of here. Like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say, I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. Because he looks so tired and just pissed off. Like, I've seen – you've obviously seen him pissed off when he – in uh, 2008 when they lost to the Celtics – and other times yeah. with my you like you've seen how he's been pissed off and he the team hasn't been doing what he's wanted it to do and not getting you know the wins that they want but this year you just look at him and you're like oh my god this man has done everything possible everything imaginable for this team and he still just can't you know obviously the warriors are as great as they are and he's just it's an even more even bigger eye opener for him that i need to make a change if i want to continue to win and we're both of i believe we're both of the opinion that he's going to leave this summer yeah i i agree i i don't see because cleveland they don't got a lot of options cuz if they're trying to bring in a guy like paul george or you know Kawhi Leonard for those who think that he's going to leave if they think they can get another star they have nothing other than that seventh pick if that's enough to lure well Paul George is a free agent if they want to trade that to San Antonio but LeBron needs help and I don't think Cleveland's a spot for him and I think it's this this um, this NBA finals and this postseason has been a huge eye-opener for him even greater that he needs to move on. So I think in his uh, 16th season, he will not be yep. with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So obviously the finals is um, looking One to be... One final statement, Rob, about yeah. the finals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw something today. Uh, Tom Brady came out and he had a quote. He said that the NBA, you know, should uh, do some investigating on the referees because there might be some bribery going on because, <laughs> you know, he says he's been investigated for less. Oh, he did say that. Where did he say that on Twitter or something? I don't know. I just saw it across um, 
across Twitter. Somebody uh, retweeted it. Tom Bra- was, I found Tom, that hilarious. Yeah, Tom Brady throwing shots at the NBA, or well, at, yeah. more so at the NFL. But um, yeah, so that's the finals. We we'll have to see how it uh, plays out. Uh, definitely hit us up on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Talking Droops if you think that the finals will end up going five, six. If LeBron can will them to a possible game seven, or if it's just going to be a sweep. Um, so bigger new kind of just like a really interesting juicy story especially in this social media age talking about twitter and instagram sixers executive brian colangelo got caught with burner twitter accounts criticizing his <laughs> own players and moves around the league <laughs> and i believe it was what what day was it i think it was um it was on it was on uh tuesday tuesday so, yeah. or this, yeah, um, Joel and B just had a string of tweets, just like I don't know the exact tweets, but I can go back and look. But it was just him going back at the, the reports and the Colangelo, uh, you know, the assumed burner accounts that he had of just criticism because these these accounts were they go back at the tweets. I don't remember the exact um handle for it, but it was. Him criticizing the play of Joel Embiid in the postseason. I, there was one of him comparing. There was one that he was talking about that they should have tried to trade like Joel Embiid for Kristaps Porzingis. I think, which is just absolutely laughable, because Joel Embiid, it was hilarious. It, Joel Embiid compared to Kristaps Porzingis is just oh my god. Don't even get me started on that. But then there was ones of him talking about Nerlens Noel. There were um, obviously when Jaleel he was on the Okafor. team, Jalil Okafor, Markel Markel Fultz. There wasn't a lot of. Ben, I don't think there was any Ben Simmons. So he was he was on the good side of Ben Simmons, but this is and now they um, obviously they were you know everyone around the league and the media were like you got to immediately cut ties with this guy, but the Sixers have haven't real. The Sixers hired a law firm to correctly investigate the scandal. So that's going to take, you know, we'll have to see if he gets fired or let go or what happens with him. But I, in my opinion, you got to let go of this guy because this is just a bad look of him criticizing his own players with burner accounts. Like, and I think the, the story was found by um, Bill Simmons thing, like the ringer. I think someone gave him like a tip off of yeah, what was. he was doing. And uh, they were able to like investigate it and kind of get down in the nitty gritty and like find out that they were... I think it was confirmed that at least two of them were his, and I think there were like five that were. There were five, yeah, and they were they were all put under his wife's phone number. Oh my, so that's like, what uh, it was. Something with his wife too. But what what do you think? Like, do you, I think obviously the Sixers should just get rid of him. Well, I think I think the Sixers are going to have to get rid of him if they want LeBron James because apparently, oh, um, terrible look if you want LeBron. Oh, no, no, no. LeBron James has problems with um, Colangelo's father because his father used to be like a vice president or something for the U.S. national team, and he had some bad um, some bad blood with LeBron James. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, maybe if they get, you know, LeBron James is a guy, David Griffin, as the general manager, they'll give him a slight edge into uh, draft, into signing uh, LBJ. But, uh, you know, overall, I would say the situation is you've seen a lot more of this. And teams, I guess, we're going to have to start teaching social media classes to their executives and their players. And, you know, the etiquettes of what, what to do and 
today's society and how not to uh, be a liability. You know, Daniel Russell had the thing. Kevin Durant had his burner accounts. So, you know, that's that's my biggest takeaway. And, yeah, Rob, I think the, uh, Brian Colangelo will be, will be let go by, I think, the end of this week or the end of the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way that it's going to end up going. And Joel's um, tweet, there was one... Oh, there was so there's one of him of like the meme of him on draft night of him like watching the draft of him not getting picked and then like the delayed you know like his like blank stare at the screen so it's him and then it's like a caption bruh and then there's one of him going I'm upset at Drake I don't know if that was because of the Drake push a push a beat or uh, beef but I think that may have been I don't know because that was like a I'm not sure how, if I think that's separate, but I think he deleted most of the tweets that that I saw because I thought there were more. But I know he kept up the one of like the meme, but um, yeah, I think they just got to cut ties with this guy, especially. It's and a, they also said, uh, "Yeah, go, go ahead." ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, go ahead. Uh, oh yeah, so it also like there might be some speculation that he, the old uh, Philadelphia 76ers general manager Sam Hinkie trusts the process, the the founder of it. Is uh, is um, you know he's teaching out in Stanford for some type of like computer programming stuff, and he has like the capability of tracking the five different you know matching up the five different Twitters and putting them you know with that technology he has at Stanford. So they said maybe he was the one that um, you know gave it to the Ringer or something about that just to to pull Colangelo down. <laughs> that would be. That would be some, yeah. That would be an all-time move by Sam Hinkie. That'd be something else. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think they should start teaching social media classes to, especially to the executives. I think the players, obviously the players, but I think that they somewhat have a better grip on it than the executives. It seems because like this is like like when D'Angelo Russell did his thing and. And when Joel pokes fun like that, that's, you know, it's minor kind of stuff. But when it involves the organization, like on a scale like this, you got to really be, you got to watch out more than, more than what the players do. Um, So move on to our uh, free throw segment, sticking with the Sixers. Uh, Brett Brown gets a contract extension. Good to see him uh, sticking long-term even more. He's, you know, stuck it out through the process days of, of tanking with, with the Sixers. So he's getting rewarded, especially after this successful season with the Sixers, even though they got bounced in the second round. We're expected to go to the conference finals. But yeah, I think he, he deserves it. Yeah, he I did. I think he deserves it. Yeah, he, he did a good job. So he's sticking sticking in Philly. Jason Kidd. You know what, Rob? I don't know how he's not in the Coach of the Year nomination. Beats me. They must not, you know. Put some, respect, put some respect on his name. I don't know. Put some respect on my name. Um, Jason Kidd is drawing attention from the Pistons. Also, uh, Michigan's Coach Beeline. You're a big fan of uh, Coach Beeline, right? Am I mistaken? I, I am. I'm big... not Coach. Oh, you're not. But... You're not a fan of him. Of Michigan? No, of Coach Beeline. He's a good coach. He's all right. He's all right. I, I think that. I think that the Pistons. Um, you know, I don't think they should go after Jason Kidd because they tried that big name thing with Stan Van Gundy and it didn't work out. I think they need like one of those young assistant coaches like the Brooklyn Nets got or, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks got like Brunozer, Kenny Atkinson, like one of those guys just to try to change up their, you know, the system. Yeah. And they, 
Well, the, the Pistons are in like a weird spot because they have young talent, but they also have Blake Griffin. So it's you like, know who's out there, Rob? Who? Kevin Ollie. Kevin Ollie's available. Hey, I don't, I don't hate it. I think <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Ollie's a, he's thought to be a player's coach, and I think got to see how he does. He, you know, in the NBA experience, especially with guys like Kevin Durant well documented that he's well liked across the league so i can see uh i can see that yeah. happening maybe kevin ollie gets former a shot UConn guy there you former UConn guy Andre Andre, yeah i don't i don't hate them i don't hate the idea nick that's a that's a good one um no he's going on tv yeah college, college probably college analyst i'm, yeah, I'm exactly. guessing he could do nba if he wanted to uh they also pistons also dumped their general manager too so but I didn't, even think, I didn't even think they had the general manager. I thought just, just Van Gundy just did everything. Um, I agree with you. Le, yeah, Leangelo Ball <laughs> had a couple workouts. I think he – it was with the Lakers, of course, and then I think he had one with, like, the Suns or something. But, you know, this yeah. is – we're just mentioning it because it's just been all over the news of him, you know, because he's Alonzo's brother. He's one of the ballers. He's uh, Laval, Laval Ball. I'm undefeated, never lost. And, um, you know – I you think he I, I remember you saying that you think he could possibly possibly be a second round pick. I still think he's going to go undrafted because he's garbage. No, he's going to go undrafted. He's going to go undrafted. I looked at the I looked at the, the list of players that are in this draft. It's pretty deep draft, even in the second round. Yeah. So I you know I don't know how it's going to end up for Leangelo. He's probably going to end up. Uh, undrafted and uh, I don't know I think there's so I think a lot of players get opportunities in the G League so I think he could end up doing that it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up going with the Lakers just as a favor for Lonzo but you know I don't even think Lonzo deserves a favor I don't think the balls deserve a favor Lonzo's second team all rookie but he he was hurt a lot though he's hurt yeah he's hurt a lot but for the most part when you got guys like Donovan Mitchell Jason Tatum and um, Ben Simmons out here, even though Ben Simmons is technically not a rookie, but um, when you got guys like when you got guys out here doing his stuff, and Lonzo with the amount of hype that he got coming into the draft, it's like I don't think he really deserves a favor enough to to just you know add a, that's like the time when the Knicks were oh we're gonna put Chris Smith on the roster because he's Jr's brother like. Come on, man! Like that? Nah, just don't do it. I think Leangelo will end up being on a team, but. Just on their. Come on, when they got Patrick Ewing's son. That too. I think he actually played. He actually he he actually played He's during. Right. He was okay, yeah. And then he ended up going to a foreign team, playing in Europe or something. Um, Rasul Butler, who unfortunately passed away a couple months ago with his wife, autopsy came out that he was under the influence of drugs and alcohol while driving. So that's very unfortunate. Um, he was well liked around the league. And uh, yeah, he was, a vet. Yeah, he was one of the. He was a. I think he played on that um, Miami team when they won the championship. So it's unfortunate to hear the news, and um, about the you know the alcohol and drugs mix in his body. That's that's too bad. You know, mistake possibly made by him. Um, the Magic hire Steve Clifford, and uh, you know I like Steve. Cl- I think he's a you know he's a solid coach. Uh, coach the Hornets. But this is definitely a Magic move, man. Just not gonna go anywhere. I don't. I don't. I think they're just gonna be a team at most hovering around the eighth seed, like midway through the year, and then they fall off or something because they they just can't draft players and they don't do player development well. Like for, they got Frank Vogel, and Frank Vogel was a good coach, and he couldn't just work. That organization is just so screwed up. 
after the Dwight Howard yeah. and Van Gundy stuff. Like, they've just been down the, the crapper the whole time, and I don't see Steve Clifford elevating them to anything special. Yeah, Rob, I think they, they need a first-round pick. I think that's the only way they get out of mediocrity because they are really bad right now. Yeah, they need and a home run. Experts. They need a they, No, because, yeah, because if you look at, like, whenever they the Magic has been successful, I think, you know, they've had the first pick with Dwight Howard, and then they've had the first pick with Shaquille O'Neal. Like, they need a first pick, I guess. Yeah, it seems like they need that, that first overall pick kind of juice because Jonathan yeah. Isaac did not um, impress very much. Um, Villanova. Uh, actually, we'll go real quick to this one. This is uh, I'm I'm a we're big. I, I'd say I'm a huge Ben Simmons fan. He's dating Kendall Jenner now. This is unfortunate in my mind, even though technically I was corrected She's on not a Kardashian. That's that's the point. I was corrected on social media when I posted it out. I was like Ben Simmons is dating one of the Kardashians. This is not good for his career. Obviously, we've seen with the prior history with NBA players and, and the Kardashians, not a good look and ends up not going well for the players, i.e. Lamar Odom, Chris Humphreys, not the Reggie greatest. Bush. Reggie but well, athletes, sorry, not just NBA players, athletes. So I was corrected when they told me, Kendall, she's technically a Jenner. She's a Jenner. So Travis Scott is dating Kylie Jenner, and he is just flourishing. We have to see when Astro World comes out, but he's been doing fine. Um, so I think hopefully Benson. I think he left. Um, it's actually so he, kinda, left. he left Tanashi the yeah. the singer, which was mad funny because I don't know. Like I think it was like reported that she got so mad because he was fooling around with Kendall Gen- with Kendall Jenner. So no, she, look, he um, what what was the chick's name again? Tanashi. Tanashi. Okay, I'm not familiar with her, but, you know, he told her that, you know, he said she was acting too much of, like, a Kardashian type. Oh, yeah. And he spoke up with her because she's too Kardashian. And all of a sudden, he's dating someone in the family. Well, he's dating a Jenner, technically. He's not a yeah. Kardashian. But I hopefully, we're praying. I love Ben Simmons. I love watching him play, even though he wasn't the greatest in the postseason in that series against the Celtics. We're praying. He's got to learn how to shoot. He's got to learn how to shoot. Hopefully, Kendall Jenner can help him with his jump shot and not be a part of the demise of Ben Simmons only in his second year. Hopefully, he continues. Yeah, I mean, I a quick, a quick. Um, I feel bad for Blake Griffin, who, you know, there were rumors that he was dating Kendall Jenner. I think he but was. Then he got traded. He, yeah, he. I think he was too. And then he got traded to Detroit, and she. I think she left him after that. Yeah. So, Moving right, from yeah, moving from L.A. to uh, Detroit is uh, not what the the Kardashians or sorry the Jenners are looking to do. Um, last free throw, Villanova loses four starters and um, to the NBA draft. Obviously, the boy Dante Divincenzo is going into the draft. He's actually like I've looked at the mock drafts that are out there. He's a first rounder. He's yeah, he's been mentioned in the first round. So it looks like that uh that big national championship game is doing wonders for him in his draft stock. And be on the lookout for our draft special that will be coming out very soon. We got big plans for that. So like what are your impressions of the Villanova losing all these guys? Yeah, I mean they're losing you know, their point guard Jalen Brunson. They're losing the lottery pick in Bridges, Mikel Bridges. Dante DiVincenzo is a big part of their championship, their national championship. And Armando Spillman is another guy that they're losing. So four of their, their five big playmakers are gone. I mean, they got good recruiting class coming in. They'll probably still 
you know, in the Big East to win the Big East, be a top 10 team in the nation, but definitely taking a big step back. I don't think they'll, they'll win this year. If I, you know, I'll go out on the line and say that. I, yeah, I agree. I think they're, um, well, we got to end up seeing how uh, Jay Wright ends up coaching these guys and how they do in the regular season and if they can continue. But I agree. I think they're going to take a hit and it may not be a, a national championship for Villanova again. But that is it for this episode of the Talking Troops podcast, episode 34. We're going to have to see how the NBA Finals ends up going. Will it end up going in a sweep? Will the Warriors... Rob. Yeah. One more, uh, one more. I gotta give, I gotta give one, one shout out out at the end of this podcast to my guy PJ Tucker, who played in Game Seven after a couple of root canals. You know that's a grit. That's you know shows that he's the man, and he played his heart out. Root canal, man. That's rough. That's all I gotta say. That's that's rough. Uh, yeah. So, um, like we'll, like I was saying, we're after gonna see what happens with the NBA Finals, but. Um, to keep the conversation going, definitely follow us at Talking True Hoops on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe here on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and our YouTube stream. So that is it for this episode with Robert Slider and Nick Caravalos. We will catch you next week. You've been listening to the Talking True Hoops podcast with Robert Slatter and Nick Paravalos. Your best stop for non-stop NBA postseason talk and all things basketball. Be sure to subscribe and follow our social media at Talking True Hoops. Join us next week for more great hoops discussions.